day by day. Let me just say something to you briefly about the guys that provide security for you while you're in the service. Many of you may not know this, but in every service, there are a select number of guys who take turns throughout the service uh, who patrol the parking lot, monitor your vehicles, making sure they're safe, um, that lock the doors, uh, filter anybody that comes in late through one entrance, so if we got eyes on whoever's coming in, and uh, they take radios to the nursery so that the nursery workers have a way to contact help if they need it, and um, just do a phenomenal job for us. And just want to say thank you, you guys that, that do that uh, Sunday, faithfully Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and uh, thank you for that. We're going to be in the book of Job tonight, chapter 36. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Job. A lot of encouragement can be found in the book of Job. Will you indulge me a quick story? This has nothing to do with the passage of Scripture tonight. It has nothing to do with the message. Uh, it, it's a life experience. Um, pastor was preaching on the book of Revelation, and a few weeks back he mentioned that there were some pastors who preached that uh, uh, Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist. And uh, some of you older people might know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys have no clue who Henry Kissinger is. Uh, but uh, I remember as a teenager, well, Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist. And um, in the course of my career uh, as a security professional, I had the opportunity uh, to meet and provide security escort for Henry Kissinger. I tried to get out of it <laughs> for obvious reasons, <laughs> but, but I couldn't. So uh, I remember when I shook his hand and introduced myself to him, my mind, I'm thinking, I'm shaking hands with the Antichrist. <laughs> and then as we walked through the area and, and uh, uh, I walked alongside of him, I'm thinking, I'm walking alongside the Antichrist. <laughs> Lo and behold, we were invited to dine, and I sat at the table, and I thought, oh my word, I'm breaking bread <laughs> with the Antichrist. That has bothered me for years. This week, Henry Kissinger passed on to eternity. I waited three days. I am so relieved he was not the Antichrist. <laughs> All right, let's get down to business. Job 36. You know the story of Job. You know the, uh, the challenges, the, the difficulties, uh, uh, the, the so-called friends with all their bad advice. And... Uh, um, and there's a character in here that we don't know a whole lot about. A young man, younger than the rest, because he had at least enough character to wait till all of the older people had, had to say what they had to say. And then he came in uh, with a message. And after every one of the other friends berated on Job, Job responded to them. Uh, and the Lord stayed quiet. 
But when Elihu spoke, Job was quiet, and the Lord took over. And you'll look at this passage of Scripture. This is part of the message that Elihu gave to Job. And I want to just emphasize this portion of Scripture. Beginning chapter 36, beginning in verse 22, Eliab says this, Behold, God exalteth by his power, who teacheth like him? Who hath enjoined him his way? Or who can say, Thou hast wrought iniquity? Remember that thou magnify his work, which men behold. Every man shall see it. Man may behold it afar off. Then he goes on to talk about how great God is in that passage. And when Eliab's done, at the end of chapter 37, chapter 38, the Lord takes over and uh, begins to speak to Job about his, his glory, his magnitude. And I want to just spend a few moments tonight, if I can, we'll use the topic, you are the lens. Tonight, you are the lens. Elihu said to Job, remember, verse 24, that thou magnify his work. He said, Job, I want you to remember something. It's not about you. When we get into hard times and we get into difficulties and we start looking internally and, and we begin to focus our attention and think about us and, and woe is me and what I'm going through and how difficult my life is and how hard times I'm going through and, and, and we take our eyes off of God and who he is. Job's friends all tried to point their fingers at Job. It's all about you, Job. It's all about what you've done. It's all about how you've been. It's all about your attitude. Elihu came along and said, no, no, it's not about you at all, Job. In fact, it's about God. It's about God. Webster's Dictionary defines the word magnify as to make much of, to esteem highly, to make greater in size and status or importance. To exaggerate, which you can't do about God, to increase the apparent size, to glorify, to praise, or to extol. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. When the world looks at God through you, what do they see? When the world looks through your lens, Christian, tonight, what kind of God do they see? How big is God when they look through your lens? Elihu said, Job, buddy, not about you. You are here for a purpose, and that purpose is to magnify, to make big of, to extol, to exaggerate, if we can use that word, God. God. You know, the world has a very fuzzy view of who God is. In fact, I'll say this. There's a lot of Christians who have a fuzzy view of who God is. And part of that is because I think God's people have failed in this area of magnifying God. It's so easy to get into the the dumps. It's so easy to, to be grumpy. 
It's so easy to, when you're having a hard time, for everybody around it to know you're going through a hard time, right? I mean, it's not easy to put on a smile. It's not easy to talk about how great God is when you're struggling. One of my favorite songs, uh, the Fuller Trio sings that life is easy when you're up on a mountain. Boy, it's down in the valley. Boy, it's when you're in the valley that you need to be magnifying God the greatest. Right? A lot of folks are in the valley. And when someone else is struggling through the valley, they don't need somebody like Eliphaz or Bildad or, or uh, Zophar to come along and say, uh, boy, things are just terrible. Woe is me. They need somebody to come along and say, hey, look at God. Let me, let me show you God. By the way, isn't that what the Bible does? You ever read through the stories of the Bible? Purpose of those stories are all to magnify God, to show you how big God is. When you look at the children of Israel, what God did for them, you think, my goodness, look how big God is. When you look at Daniel in the lion's den, and you look at that story, that story's not talking about Daniel. This is not talking about Belshazzar or Nebuchadnezzar. It's talking about God. And you and I, Christians, ought to be taking the word of God and, and letting folks see God through us. Through us. It's not about how good the music is. It's about how big the God of the music is. It's not about how, how great a, a preacher it is. It's all about how great the God of that preacher is. It's not all about how good a Christian you are. It's all about how big the God of your Christianity is. You represent God. Elihu said there in verse 24, remember that thou just that thou magnify his work. The Bible says we are his workmanship. Right? We are the workmanship of God. So when somebody looks at you and they look through your lens, what kind of workmanship are you showing to them that God is doing? What's God doing in my life? So I want to talk a little bit about magnifying the Lord tonight. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'll just bless, Lord, these few minutes that we spend together, that you, Father, will take control of this service. Lord, our whole purpose tonight is to magnify you, to glorify you, to honor you, to draw our hearts, Lord, to you. That, Father, no matter what life's circumstances are, that as a lens, we magnify God. That the world, that our children, that our co-workers, that those that we, we encounter throughout our day, may not see us, but see our God and how big he is. So bless, Lord, to that end tonight. We'll give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I say that God is to be magnified? I mean, that, that is exactly the whole purpose. In fact, if you'll look in Psalms, and don't turn there, but in Psalms chapter 40, verse 16, the Bible says, Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation 
How many of you love your salvation tonight? Let those that love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. I'm glad I'm saved tonight, not because Dave Dennis did anything. I'm saved tonight because God's a big God. Because he's a merciful, a wonderful, a marvelous, a patient God. He is to be magnified. But let me say this tonight. He's God. So he gets to choose the format in which you are to magnify him. You know, sometimes God can be magnified through success. Some successful people in this world. And I know some successful people who give all, God all the glory and all the praise for their success. And that's what they're supposed to do. And you can magnify God when you're successful. And it's easy when you're successful to say, Oh, God has been so good to me. And God has given me this talent. Or God has given me this ability. And God is allowed for my success. And, and God is magnified in success. But God may choose as he did for Job, suffering. It doesn't matter if you're successful or suffering. God's still supposed to be magnified. It doesn't matter if you're sacrificial. God is to be magnified. There could be situations that are out of your control. God is to be magnified. You see, he gets to choose the format. Some of us, I, the, the question is always asked, why does God... Why does God allow his people to suffer? Well, God allows his people to suffer because God wants to be glorified in that suffering. God allows his people to succeed because God wants to be glorified in that success. God allows these things in our life, and it's not about us. It's so easy to get the focus on us. He's to be magnified. So let me give you a list of things. First of all, Psalms chapter 34, verse 3. The Bible says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I say, first of all, that we're to be magnified. We are to magnify him in accord. That's one of the reasons why we come to church. So that we can, as a collective organization, as a collective group of people, as a collective group of Christians, magnify God together, right. to raise him up together. Do you know God is not magnified when you're sitting at home watching the NFL? Right. Who's playing tonight? We'll get, we'll get out in time. Trust me. God's magnified when we come together. Let us exalt his name together. Say, well, I can worship the Lord and praise God and magnify God on my bass boat out in the middle of the... Yes, you can. But the Bible says we're to do it together. That doesn't mean call your buddy up on the cell phone. And say, you ought to see the size of the one God gave me today. We're to magnify him in accord as a group together. By, by the way, if you're struggling and you're having difficulty magnifying God, this is the best place to be. Because we can lift each other up. Right? You may be having some struggles and some difficulties, and I know many of us are. 
And through those difficulties and through those trials, that's when God's people and the church shine the brightest. We can come and we can hear the song. It's lifting of the spirit. I've been in some churches that are not lifting in the spirit, but this one is. And you can come magnify the Lord in accord. We're to magnify God in our attitudes. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. This is Christmas time, so I can do this, right? Mary said, when she found out that the choice for magnifying God in her life was to have a child out of wedlock, and he was going to be the savior of the world, and he was going to have to uh, uh, suffer for all mankind, and that she was going to uh, feel the pain of that, and the sword in her and, and, and all of that stuff. And, and Mary said in Luke, my soul doth magnify the Lord. She said, praise the Lord if that's what he wants to do. God be magnified in me. Well, if, if, if that's the lens God has chosen for me to be, that the world might see how big God is, then let it happen. Psalms chapter 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of the Lord with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. You know, God can never be magnified through anger or loss of control or emotional outbursts or discouragement or whining or complaining. Those kind of attitudes just don't magnify God. Now, if the truth were known, every one of us in this room has got something to whine about. Right? Something to complain about. I can list a few, but it wouldn't magnify God. What magnifies God when I can say, boy, God's been good. Boy, God's been sure good to me. I am so grateful that Henry Kissinger is not the Antichrist. God's been such a blessing to me. I cannot begin to tell you all of the goodness I've received from God. He's to be magnified in our attitudes. We're to magnify his attributes. You thought about the attributes of God? I was reading the other day passage of scripture. The Bible says that, <clears throat> that it's by his mercies we're not consumed. They are new every morning. Every morning when you wake up, first of all, be glad you woke up. <laughs> that means more the older we get. <laughs> But not only glad that I woke up, but glad that all of the mistakes and past of yesterday are fresh and, and forgotten. And I got a new lease on life and another day to magnify and serve God and maybe do it a little better than I did yesterday. Every day, his mercies are new. Thank God for, thank God for his faithfulness. Man, I'm glad he's faithful. 
You can trust him. I mean, trust him with everything. We ought to be magnifying him in his attributes for his mercy, for his love. I'm thankful that he's powerful. A pastor mentioned that this morning. Powerful. Nothing. Nothing more powerful than my God. Boy, we ought to be magnifying him. We ought to be telling how great God is. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. Love the Apostle Paul. He writes, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body. Whether it be by life or death, for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. We ought to magnify him with our anatomy. Notice these are all A's, right? We'll do a little good here. With our anatomy. There are some folks in here with some serious illnesses. In their anatomy. We ought to be praising God, glorifying God, magnifying God in those illnesses. In those difficulties, in those challenges. He is on the throne, right? right. He is God, right? He created you, right? He knows how these bodies function, right? We ought to be magnifying him in our anatomy. And I'm just going to put this, this is a shameless commercial I'm going to stick in here. But we ought to be taking care of the body. I kind of learned that a little bit late in life. We need to be taking care of what we put in it. What we put on it. What we put it through. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You're not your own? This anatomy belongs to God, and I have the responsibility to magnify him in it. Whether it's by health, or by illness, by strength, or by weakness, it's his. We ought to be magnifying God in our anatomy. We ought to be magnifying God with our actions. Acts chapter 10, verses 46 and 47. The Bible says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? We ought to magnify God in our actions. What we do. What we say. I ask you, Christian, tonight, do your actions magnify God? Do they magnify God? Do you do those things which would bring glory and honor 
and magnitude about your God and your Jesus Christ? Do you do those things that magnify God? We've got a habit. Here it is. Does that magnify God? Do you have a petty little, you don't want to call it sin? Does it magnify God? Does your speech magnify God? Do the things that you do magnify God? Do you magnify him by demonstrating a life that can be trusted? Do you magnify God? Let me illustrate it. Real quick for just a second. Give me, um, give me this row of boys right here. All six of you. Come on up. When you get older, these things are fabulous. <laughs> just. Look at you guys. Y'all know how big God is. You do, right? Your, your dads and moms have told you God is big. He is. You ever seen God? You haven't. You ever seen some of the things God can do? Some of you? Yeah, some of you have, some of you have. Yeah. yeah. Can I show you something? You see this? You know what this is? Look at this. It's a magnifying glass. Very good. Yeah. You know what you can do with this? You can magnify things. Very good. And Somebody's got some smart kids. <laughs> you can magnify things with this. Can I show you something? Can you read? Can you read verse 22 for me? Behold, God exalted by his power, who teaches like teaches like him. Who can teach like God? No one can. How do you know that? Because the verse said it. Because the verse said it. You saw it in that verse, right? Can you still see the verse? Can you now? Barely. Barely? No. But if I get this magnifying glass right up there to that Bible, to that verse, you can see it, right? Yeah. Right? So you know that God is great and that you know that nobody can teach like God because that verse that you saw right there in that passage says that. And you saw it through the magnifying glass. Now, I know you got young eyes and you can see it like this. And I know that you grew up in a Christian home and your parents teach you the Bible and you go to church and you're faithful, so you know these things. But I want you to know something. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. It doesn't matter whether you end up having a hard life, a difficult life, whether you have a phenomenal life, whether you have a blessed life and you make a lot of money and you have 50 kids. And it doesn't, none of that matters. You know what matters? What matters is how big God is, right? Right? It doesn't, you, might, you might have to go through some sicknesses. And you guys are all young, right? You don't even think about things like this. Us old people think about stuff like that, right? But you young guys don't think about that. But did you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you go through in life. It doesn't matter how difficult life gets. It doesn't matter what happens or what doesn't happen. God is still huge. God is still in control. God is still big. And we want to magnify God, right? 
So I'm showing you how big God is because I want you not only to know it for yourself, but then you know what I want you to do? I want you to take the magnifying glass and I want you to go show somebody else how big God is. Right? Right? So show somebody. Show one of these other guys. See? See how big God is? Right? Okay, sit down. Here's what I'm saying. We're supposed to be the magnifying glass. Elihu said, see that ye magnify his work. There are kids in this building that need to see some moms and dads and some grandmas and grandpas magnify God. There's some young couples, young married couples in the building tonight that needs to see marriages that magnify God. There are some elder folks in this room who can't get around and do as much as they used to do. And they need the encouragement of the younger folks to come along and say, I want you to see how big God is. And there's a lost world outside this building that needs to know that there is a God big enough to handle all of their needs. And we need to quit looking in the mirror and saying, woe is me. And we need to pull out the magnifying glass and we need to say, let me show you God. Let me show you God. Share a couple of things and I'll be done. Here's the problem. Sometimes the lens gets dirty. You see, sometimes we're not doing a very good job of magnifying God because we've let things in our life that have smudged up the lens. We've let some things get in there that has, has fogged it up. I don't have my cleaner on. My glass cleaner on. <laughs> Christian, maybe tonight you need to get the cleaner out. Do some washing. Get the lens clean again so you can magnify God. Sometimes we let it get scratched up. Scratches are a little hard to polish out. Mm, light flicker. The light's important. That's another message to let your light. As you're magnifying God, shine your light. Sometimes scratches are a little harder. They're a little harder to get cleaned out. You've let some things scratch the lens. And it may take a little more buffing, may take a little more polishing, may take a little more effort to get those things out of your life and get it cleaned up. But you've got a responsibility. Because you've got a mighty, magnificent, awesome 
God that the world needs to see. That your children need to see. So it can get dirty, it can get scratched, it can get fogged up. Sometimes it can just get put away. Maybe it's time to go home, dig through the dresser drawers, find it again. Start magnifying God again. Brother Jacob, please, you can come and be prepared for the message. Now let's bow our heads, close our eyes for a second. So the question for me, and the question for you, is when somebody looks at God through you, what do they see? How big does your life make God look? How magnificent does the world see God through your lens? Do your children know how big God is when mom and dad are struggling through financial difficulties or through health issues or personality issues? Do the children look through mom and dad's lenses and see a big God? How big does God look to your coworker? Do you go to work and complain about how rough your life is? Or do you go to work talking about how big your God is? 